In this episode series, we're going to be building a carpooling web app from scratch. I thought it might be useful to share my thought process and development workflow on going from a rough idea to a working minimum viable product. It can be intimidating to create something from nothing, especially if you don't have the technical skills needed to build what you envision, so we'll look at ways of breaking things into manageable chunks. So what is this series about? Well, one of my good friends is currently taking computer science in school, and I was chatting with him about how it can be an invaluable learning experience to work on your own personal side projects outside of school, or even work for that matter, in that you'll be forced to work your way from idea to a working prototype on your own, not only finding the right answers along the way, but almost more importantly what doesn't work, and then investigating why. So I guess my goal for this series is to build one of my personal side projects and document the process, which will hopefully teach you my pattern for breaking larger problems into manageable chunks, and expose you to a bunch of different technologies as we work through this together. This is probably a good segue into explaining what the idea is, what specific problem I'm trying to solve, and how it's different from what others are doing. The distilled version is that I want to create a free online service which looks at how you and your colleagues commute to the office and then suggest carpool options based around that data. So what does this actually mean? Well, let's quickly pull up a few diagrams for a minute and walk through it step by step. This is a map of Victoria, BC, Canada, where I live, but all the locations I'm about to show you are made up. Next, let's put a dot on the map and say this is where you work and your office is located. Actually, let me change the contrast so it's a little easier to see. Now let's put a dot on the map over here and say this is where you live and your house is located. The red line here is your route to the office. Now let's put a few of your coworkers' dots on the map. We'll call these points A, B, and C. We will put their routes to the office too. Alright, let's walk through it. For the sake of this example, let's say you typically work Monday through Friday and your hours are 9am to 5pm. You arrive and depart from the office at the same time as pretty much everyone else. You're more than happy to commute with your coworkers. You trust them because you work side by side every day. You just don't know them well enough to know that you pass by a few of them on your way to the office. So the web app we're about to build will allow people to create private office carpool groups, then take in all this data about where people in your office live and their routes to the office. And finally, we'll compute everything in a private group to find possible carpool options. What are some methods for technically finding these carpooling options? One method would be to search along your route to the office within a certain proximity, say a few kilometers or miles, something like this. Using this method, you can see that on H's way to the office, he passes by A and C, with B's point being narrowly out of the search proximity. So we could make a suggestion to H that he matches with A and C. Same goes for A and C would be notified that someone passes by them. So each person in the group will get personalized matches based on who passes them and who they pass on their way to the office. We could probably do this using some type of geospatial database search that would look for matches within this area. Or maybe we could create something that would walk along the route like this and look for matches. We'll probably build both options and see which works best. Hopefully you kind of get the idea at this point. Let's expand a little by adding more coworker points to the map, those being D, E, F, G, and I. Let's add their routes to the office too. So if we compute the carpool matches based off route proximity like we did earlier, we can start to compile carpool suggestions based off this data. For example, A suggestions would be categorized like this, having who passes A, who lives close to A, and who A passes on their way to the office. Let's take this further with B's, and C's. C's is kind of interesting because the majority of people pass this person on their way to the office. 
But let's keep going with D, E, F, G, H, and I. What is pretty cool about H and I's matches are that they have three categories of carpooling options. People that pass them on their way to the office, people that they live close to them, and finally people they pass on their way to the office. So they kind of have their choice of people to ask if they want to be picked up or maybe if they want to drive. So the idea is that we'll have a sign up and login page to this web app where you'll be presented with your personalized carpool matches based off your private office group. The carpool matches are grouped into three different categories based on what you might be looking for. The data we can pull out of this doesn't stop there though. We can also compile statistics about this group as a whole. For example, total commuters in this group, carpools found, distance and duration based on all routes to the office. It's kind of amazing to think that with only a few addresses we can pull all of this data together with a little processing. Obviously this diagram depicts a rather small data set, but imagine this is an office where 650 people work. There could be many thousands of carpooling suggestions. So who would be the target market for something like this? Well, anyone who commutes to the same place on a regular basis. Think about all those office folks. What about call centers, schools, universities, manufacturing plants? Or what about those large office campuses at Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Facebook, or even Apple? You're not commuting with strangers, you work with these people, so there's a certain level of trust, and it could most likely be totally free. How is it different from what other people are doing? Well, it's not really like a taxi service, or Uber, or the common mass commuting tools that are out there that anyone can join, in that it's limited to people you actually work with. The overhead for you, as a commuter, is likely really low as you're on the same schedule as everyone else and you're going to the same place anyways. Okay, now that you hopefully understand the idea, all we need to do is build it. So let's jump back to the beginning and see how this series is going to go. Going through this exercise of having an idea and then building it into a product people can actually use will quickly build your technical skills. You can honestly learn most of this as you go simply by doing it. So let's look at a band of skills that we'll cover while building this. We'll cover initially sketching the idea down, thinking about how a user might interact with the product, thinking about high-level design decisions, planning our algorithm and data model, putting together a prototype, working with remote APIs for geolocation, maps, route planning, backend work with Go, frontend work with HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. Then let's not forget about the sysadmin and production deployment bits. Basically, we'll be blending a diverse set of technical skills together in order to create a rather simple product beta. Work is never really done either in that you're constantly working to improve the product for your users. I tend to think of a working product as actually just the beginning. So you might be asking yourself, okay, I know what the idea is and that this series is going from a rough idea to a working product, but how is this logistically going to work? Well, I should probably explain that for a minute. Over the next month and a half, I'm going to release about 30 episodes or so that will tackle specific problems along the way to actually building something like this. I'll talk more about how we're going to identify possible episode ideas in a minute. Also, the finished product will be available for all to use for free at groupcommute.com. There's just a simple landing page there at the moment, but you can enter your email address if you'd like to be notified when it launches. Uh, I'm not going to spam you. Okay, let's jump back to the band of skills diagrams as I wanted to quickly chat about why doing these types of projects on your own time is really important for building out your skill set and ultimately your career. You'll typically find someone who is capable of this in-between work called a full-stack developer in that they're comfortable working on front-end user interfaces along with a wide range of back-end systems and how they're wired up. 
I tend to think of this as being a generalist developer because you'll know enough to get things done, but you might not have a deep understanding of how they actually work and will have to learn some of it as you go. This is going to be a brief anecdote to my friend who is in computer science that I mentioned earlier. Generalists are extremely useful and typically get hired at smaller companies or startups in that they'll typically know how things are connected, especially so that they can offer suggestions or quickly adapt across technology boundaries and just generally help to bridge gaps. I found that the bigger the company, the more specialized things get, and you'll have dedicated teams focusing on just one of these areas with a very deep understanding. For example, programming the front end or the back end, networking, security, operations, etc. I just wanted to mention something quickly about learning on the job. Say that this carpooling idea is not a side project, but something you're tasked with putting together at work. But there is a minor problem. You don't actually know how to do it. Well, once you have a base level understanding of technology, companies are typically more than happy to have you learn new skills on the job. You might not explicitly say that's what you're doing, but you might report to your boss that you're researching best ways to implement route matching algorithms while you're actually learning to do it for the first time. This doesn't mean that I pull out a large book and kick my feet up on the desk, but generally searching around for examples and working through them to the point where I have a good understanding is totally acceptable. So don't get intimidated by not knowing something, even on the job, as it's generally more than acceptable to learn as you go. Granted, some people have grumpy bosses or there's a major deadline looming and learning on the job is not acceptable. I'm not talking about learning how to do for loops or something, as there's obviously a base level that we need to be operating at. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But in most cases, in my experience across a handful of companies, learning on the job is an accepted practice. You hopefully get an idea of what I'm talking about. I guess the root of what I'm trying to say is that the technical unknown should not intimidate you. A critical component to tech success is having a high capacity for problem solving, learning new skills, and basically grinding things out. This way of thinking is not particularly hard, it's just very time consuming. So with this in mind, let's look at how we can break this larger problem of building a carpooling service into smaller chunks. Now that you know the idea we're going to develop and a broad set of skills that we're going to touch on, let's briefly chat about how this episode series is broken up. Probably the best way to do that is through a few diagrams. It can often be hard to create something from scratch, and that you need somewhere to start. And it's not always obvious because you are starting from a blank slate. I found that it helps to envision what the end product looks like, illustrated by the minimum viable product on the right here, and then sort of reverse engineer in our mind or on paper back to the far left over here where we're sketching things down. So let's briefly work through this and see what we get, as that will likely tell us how to logically group these episodes. Well, we're going to need our carpooling matching algorithm for sure, so let's put that down. Then what about solving the problem of turning a physical address into position data that we can put on a map? So we need to figure out the geolocation problem. Then what about the route between the user's house and the office? We need a way to put that on the map too. We'll likely have a second sketching step here once we know more about the prototype and how things are going to fit together, so that we can use this as a feedback loop when building things for production. Then we'll use that sketching step to help us plan the database design, programming the front end, and also the back end. We're also going to need to figure out how users are actually going to use this system. So we'll need to do some workflow brainstorming about having a signup page where people can create a group, how do they actually join this group, what does the matching display page look like, etc, etc. I guess we'll call this interface design. Oh yeah, let's not forget that we actually need to build a map and maybe a very simple prototype at the beginning. 
So hopefully you can see that we kind of mentally reverse engineered steps to building what a product might look like without actually doing anything. Then we can use this as a map of problems that we're going to need to solve. These are kind of steps along the way to making our web app. You can also logically split the problems we need to solve into two phases. One might be a prototype phase where we roughly prove the idea and then feed in a bunch of example data to prove that it actually makes sense. The second phase is where we'll build something that is a much more polished product and has things like a group signup page, group creation, group join, user login, password reset, email notification, etc. You know, all the streamlined user interface functionality that goes into a nice application. Basically moving the idea from the prototype phase to something that people can actually use. We never really chatted about how to solve these problems if you don't have the technical skills needed. Worse yet, you might not even know all the steps because you don't have enough technical experience to reverse engineer this fully. The unknown unknowns. So here's the system I typically use to solve these problem steps. It is kind of a cycle I continually go through. Most of the times things start with a simple question, like how do I turn an address into position data that I can put on a map? Well, I always keep a notepad of graph paper on my desk and I continually jot down notes or sketch down ideas as I'm working through a problem. I find that it helps to write things down, drawing diagrams and sort of puts a face to the problem. Next, I suspect we all use Google to answer questions pretty much nonstop while working through problems. Personally, I find Stack Overflow, technical blogs, GitHub search invaluable here. Then I code and continually test my solution until I've solved each of these problems. It's just a matter of cycling through all these problems and chaining the solutions together into something that actually works. It probably goes without saying, but we're going to run into many unanticipated problems not talked about here while actually building things out, in that it's just the name of the game when building something for the first time. My suggestion would be to keep things at a high level and not spend a crazy amount of time upfront planning, as things will change really quickly as you learn more about the problem. So let's say on the far left here that sketching some rough ideas down is problem number one. We might have gone through this problem cycle 15 times before getting to where we actually have a working map, then a bunch more before we figure out how to turn an address into position data that we can actually put on that map. You hopefully kind of get the idea. I guess my point of all this is that even if you don't know how to do these things, just by asking questions and working through the problems, you quickly get to where you want to go. You might have even solved a few hundred problems, gone down some dead ends, but by the end of this, we should have a bunch of solutions that we can chain together. There is no need to be intimidated by the unknowns here, in that it just takes time and you can basically grind things out. So as we talked about earlier, this is a high-level map of problems we need to solve, and this translates nicely into a rough guide of episodes that we can produce. We'll likely tackle building out the prototype over the first few weeks, spending time proving the idea actually works, and looking at ways to improve match quality. Then we'll spend a few weeks polishing things for production use. My plan is to post all the code on GitHub so that you can hopefully learn how it all functions as we go through it together. Finally, the finished product will be posted at groupcommute.com. If you haven't already, I suggest signing up to get notified when it's released so hopefully that you can save a few bucks and commute with people you work with. I'm also going to be posting these episodes to Hacker News. If you don't already have an account there, it's an awesome place for developers, operations folks, and entrepreneurs to hang out. I've learned an incredible amount from this site. I'll be watching the comments sections to answer your questions. Alright, let's jump back to the diagrams. I'm just about done, so let's wrap this up. One kind of interesting note is that you'll typically have many of these little prototype side projects as you advance in your career. 
Most will rarely advance to the product phase as it just takes so much time and effort to create something that is polished. Most things that turn into products need to be maintained too, so there's an ongoing price to pay. That is why I mostly stick to this prototype area. There just isn't enough mental bandwidth to dedicate your time to too many of these product type ideas, so choose wisely. I've talked long enough so it's time to end this episode, but hopefully you understand the core idea and how we're going to go about identifying and solving problems as we go. I wanted to create this series because I thought it might be cool to see an end-to-end -end life cycle of how things actually get built. Hopefully you'll be exposed to something you've never seen before. I know that as I work through these types of things, it's an opportunity for me to learn tons too. It's kind of a win-win in that even if the product totally sucks, I'm still producing something which is hopefully useful and learning a lot in the process. So you cannot really go too wrong. Last but not least, I find that when you work on side projects, you can quickly amass experience and skills along with your own code repository. You can then fall back on these skills and code repositories throughout your career. All right, that concludes this episode. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to get notified about future episodes, please subscribe to my mailing list. You can do that by going to the Get Notified link in the header and entering your email address. Have questions, comments, or concerns about this episode? What about episode ideas? I'd love to hear your feedback, either good or bad. So shoot me an email, justin at sysadmincasts.com.